For me, unstoppable is not a word, it's a lifestyle, okay? Um, someone who's operating in, in unstoppability had major adversity thrown at them, and they chose to keep going anyway. Plain and simple. That goes back to King David. Got a guy trying to kill you. Got a guy trying to, like, rage you. You got a guy who's like, I don't I just, again, you're, you're going to be made king or queen in a cave, not in out front. So yeah. when I first created the Unstoppable show specifically, it was a way of bringing insight and empowerment and influence from other like-minded people who had been through major adversity, but have accomplished great things to date. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, if you're ready to be unstoppable in any area of life, but specifically business, you've got to listen to this show. My friend Steven Scoggins, who is actually the venue owner and creator and supporter of this year's FounderCon conference in North Carolina. We cannot wait for it. It's happening November 10th and 11th. If you don't have your tickets, go right now, thefoundercon.com. You're going to be blown away by the venue. You're going to be blown away also by his hospitality and what I talk about here and in this show is his humility. I think oftentimes when we want to see or do or experience something grandiose, especially in connection to a vision that the Lord has given us, we want it to happen now. We want it to happen in the way that we want it to happen in. And if you're listening and you know, like, well, God doesn't really work like that. Well, Stephen and I, but mainly Stephen in this show, he learned it the hard way because he didn't even believe God. He didn't even think that that was a plausible, viable option when he was in the pit of despair. And he talked about destruction and he talked about ego and pride and all of these different elements that have led him to a place now past the setbacks, past the failures, that he has a nine-figure business and multiple other businesses. He's a sought-after international speaker. He has the podcast, Unstoppable, hence the name. This venue that I mentioned he also has events, empowering education. He's got a new mastermind, a new, like all these things. Like he's really brilliant, been featured in NBC, CBS, Forbes, entrepreneur. I'd be doing it of a disservice if I didn't share all these things, but it's literally going to make him cringe when he listens to the show. Sorry, not sorry, Stephen. I didn't do it in the show so that you wouldn't have to hear me talk about you, but you've got to tune in. He actually turned this into a coaching session unknowingly. He was really teaching me about my own space that I'm in of where I need to go and how I need to get there. And ultimately, it has something to do with King David. And so I hope that you are in a space of wanting to be moved out of the pastures, moving out of what you've been practicing in the quiets or in the caves, 
and into the place of glorious action that is unstoppable. This show is for you. I am so excited that he was able to join us. You guys got to go to stevenscoggins.com to find out all of the new offerings that he is presenting inside of this awesome show. And you're going to want a pen and notepad for this one. So use it while you're running, use it while you're moving, use it while you're doing the laundry, all the other things you might be doing, but then make sure you stop to jot down the wisdom. I always love learning from my guests, especially when they've gone through the fire like he has. And I can't wait to see what God has in store for him on the other side. But man, I'm learning while I can. Thank you for making me unstoppable in this show today, Stephen. I love you. You guys tune in. Thanks for hanging out with me on the Fit Faith Podcast. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, Marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Well, that was so exciting for those that were watching. Me and Steve were in the green room just like listening to what was going on. And one of my favorite things about the show, especially now that I'm using Ecamm, for those of you who are curious about my tech, uh, they don't get to see what is happening. They only get to hear it. And there was a rad video trailer of you. The sound bite was epic. I'm like, look at you go, bro. This is good. You guys don't know Steven Scoggins yet. And if you do, you are blessed. Uh, and you're about to be blessed by the time you're finished learning from my brother, my friend, Stephen. You're such a joy to be around. Every time that I've seen you, whether you've been on stage, whether you've had a headset on and you're running around like a crazy person helping somebody else, you always show up in this like servant heart, but with such joy connected to your life. And when I read your bio without knowing all of these things before, I'm like, whoa, I know where that joy comes from after being in a lot of places that a lot of people would say is not so joyous. So welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. We're going to get into the backstory. Oh my gosh. Uh, thank you. Um, I, I didn't get to see the hype trail, but I could feel the beat, you know? So now I'm like, all right, yeah, now I have to like, bring the groove, bring the energy somehow. So I'm, I'm going to do my best to show up and serve if I can. Well, we're so grateful to have you. So let's go to that space, that place where I, it's at the forefront of your bio of being uh, homeless. And, yeah. and what was that like? And how have you come to overcome? And what was that journey? I'm just so curious. Yeah, you know, what's really interesting is uh, I feel like my early upbringing and childhood is very similar to a lot of folks yeah. um, in that they're, it's not ideal. Yeah. Um, broken home, parents in different locations, raised my grandmother. Yeah. At nine years old, I was forced to basically step up really quickly and help my grandmother take care of herself. Mm. And uh, she taught me how to basically use water, basically anything I can make with water, grits, <laughs> um, macaroni and cheese, hot dogs, or whatever oatmeal. It's a good um, I began to make with a with Lily with a chair pulled up to the stove at nine years old. So wow. for those that have nine year olds, imagine them cooking you dinner every night. 
um, kind of thing and uh, take care of my little brother. And that's kind of where like life shift kind of started. Yeah. And from there to about 17, it was a very, very, very rocky road. Uh, once my grandmother passed away, I went to live with my father, immediately went into construction. Um, nights, weekends, holidays, if, it, if we didn't have to be at school, I was on a construction site somewhere. Um, I was carrying studs for 25 cents, uh, 25 cents a piece. And then I carried so many that they then changed my compensation to a dollar an hour. I think I got gypped, just putting that ah. out there. <laughs> um, my, that was my first entrepreneurial mistake. And uh, yeah. no, I mean, it, but I learned a lot. I, I met my first mentor there who believed in me. Um, and when I was forced to drop out of high school at 17 to help my family pay the bills, yeah. uh, he gave me a radical chance to change my life. He put me into business for myself. And I did what a lot of 19 year old kids do at that point in time. I made a bunch of money. I blew a bunch of money and I had nobody to blame but myself. Yeah. Long story short. Yeah. So, you know, as I'm kind of going through all of this transition and whatnot, I ended up in a very severe state of depression, um, forcing me to end up, well, I say forcing me, I chose to walk off a job site, walk away from that opportunity. And within seven or eight months, I was uh, trying to figure out where I could sleep and yeah. uh, trying to figure out how I was going to eat and try to figure out how I was going to have shelter. And I was probably three months in, three, four months into that journey and then found myself at a um, gym. I had, I managed to keep my $20 a month gym membership at the time. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> Hashtag yeah, priorities. right. Priorities. <laughs> um, and that's where I would take showers and get cleaned up. So the yeah. vast majority of my friends and the family, they didn't have any clue what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I had this moment where I just looked up and happened to catch my eyes, like something out of the movies. And I was just like, dude, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. Like all this kind of stuff. And about that time, I had all these memories from this guy, Steve Mark, my first mentor, the guy that I literally had just prodigal son moment all over, you know, kind of with, you know, yeah. the guy gave me everything. And I walked, you know, Totally did, totally did that poorly. And um, at that point in my life, I, I was actually a professing atheist because I couldn't understand why I was going through so much suffering and my family was going through so much suffering yeah. if God was indeed real. <clears throat> and that led me to a, um, a spiritual encounter, let's just say, um, that was very real to me, so real that uh, it's something I can't shake. Um, while cleaning a litter box, um, I went through a, a season of trying to empty the litter box and the handle breaks and then the trash bag tears. And next thing I know, much like Jacob with an angel, I'm red, I'm wrestling with God at the top of my, yell, at the top of my lungs yelling. And I keep this in mind, instinctively yelling at the top of my lungs at the ceiling. At a God, God I didn't, that doesn't exist. A God I didn't yes. believe in. Right. Yes. And um, I uttered these words and it changed my life. I said, well, if you're so blankety blank real, why don't you prove it? Mm. And uh, something took my legs out from under me. I was pinned to the floor. Whoa. And, um, as, as you can imagine, I was not expecting a response. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. That was not you know how saying? you saw so, that happening. <laughs> um, and then, um, something inside of my chest just started feeling really super hot. Mm. And about that time I just heard a quiet whisper and it was auditory to me, but it may not have, I don't know if it was because sure. I was the only one there. Sure, sure. Um, but it was like, are you ready to surrender? Wow. Are you ready to surrender yet? And something kind of, it was super subtle. Super firm, but super loving, super warm. Mm. <clears throat> and um, I don't know about you, but if you're pinned to the floor, you can't get up, you can't move. I mean, I don't know that I really had a choice, but not to surrender or surrender. But uh, I chose at that moment to give my life to Jesus and I never looked back. And about a week later, um, while on a construction site um, that I wasn't supposed to be on because I got a second chance, wow. I had to face the man that put me in the business for myself. And uh, Without telling a very long story, essentially he gave me a second chance I didn't deserve, and I built all the trash or all the equipment and stuff that I needed to start the following Monday uh, out of the trash piles or on site. 
because in that quiet moment, going back to the litter box, yeah. once I did surrender, it was a, it based, that same entity, that same voice, Holy Spirit of Jesus. Yeah. Um, I actually, I actually saw a white glow. Um, it wasn't, I couldn't make out features yeah. or whatever, but it was a very bright white glow. <clears throat> um, said, okay, I'll bless you. And lo and behold, that trash pile moment, that conversion within a week or so of each other, uh, turned into last year, that one business did eight figures in top line rev. Well, did 80 million in top line revenue um, just with that one company. Employees, 63 salary folks, 380 to 99s, operates in multiple states, um, has, has managed to allow me to have the freedom and the um, resources to build a live event center that you've seen and been yes. part of. And I'm excited to host you guys in the near future as well. So uh, that's kind of like the early crazy part. So people say, well, how did you become homeless? Yeah. Uh, the easy answer is, is I was arrogant, I was yeah. prideful, and I wouldn't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that arrogance, that pridefulness and stuff like that, that unwillingness to listen uh, is what keeps us from God's, what God's got planned for us. So and a telltale sign of this is Saul and David, right? Yes. Yes. Saul created an environment where every, he wanted everyone to serve him, yep. where David created an environment all he wanted to do was serve the serve Lord. And yeah. I was talking to a, a pastor recently, had him on a podcast, and he was like, why do you think that is? I said, well, pastor, I said, you got to realize that uh, David, even though he was a king, he wasn't made a king in the palace. He was made a king in a cave. Yes. Right? So I say all that to say that no matter what anybody from your audience is facing, no matter what challenges they're going through, no matter what they think unsurmountable mountains in front of them, whether they don't know their identity, they're not congruent with themselves or whatever that is. Yeah. If you will just surrender and shift, it'll all be okay. Mm. That is so dynamic. There are so many places I want to jump in. Uh, Specifically, most recently, I was walking through a seven-day water fast. I'd Mm. never done anything longer than a three-day. And prior to that three-day, I'd never done anything longer than 24 hours. So Mm -hmm. all this to say, like, I'm not saying it to boast, but wow, it was difficult. But I was Mm -hmm. circling some really big prayers. And the entire week, I was reading about King David and King Saul, and specifically, Mm -hmm. obviously, Saul before he was King David, and how he treated him, and Mm -hmm. how ultimately the ending uh, heart posture that David had, no matter if Saul was in pursuit of killing him, Mm -hmm. whether he was in pursuit of stealing from him, destroying anything that he had, or even when he was asking him to do something of his good nature, when he was like, Mm -hmm. hey, come play for me, come share your heart with me while I go through this mental process. He did it with such honor and there was such an element of honor that that fast led me to a really big business decision of letting go of a partnership and realizing Mm -hmm. that in that partnership release, I had to just honor because there Mm -hmm. was a lot of elements and opportunity that I could have just thrown that person under the bus, waved their dirty laundry, right? And the Lord was like, no, 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 no. You're still going to make the decision that you're circling that you already know the answer to. I appreciate your fasting. Mm -hmm. But let me teach you something. And so I love that you brought that up because what I saw you and how I saw you activate from the first time I ever met you was through a place of just honor. And that Mm -hmm. is such a tactic. I mentioned this even prior to us getting on that like, I don't think men are good at. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's something that I love to see my husband operate in. He's so humble. And yet there's also a a need for humility sometimes Mm -hmm. that we're always like, babe, I love you looking in the mirror, but (laughs) put your shirt on, (laughs) you know, let's go. But really, I love to hear you talk about surrender. I know a lot of eight figure, nine figure earners. And I say that it's like one of those things on Clubhouse. We know 14 figure earners. And it's not that. (laughs) I'm a millionaire. Like, what does that even mean? But they, I've had this specific conversation of, I know I need to surrender and I don't know how, 
So it's mm-hmm. in one thing if God knocks you off your feet. He did this to me. I literally got the rug sweeped out from under me. But how do you think someone who is seemingly not to that place, how do mm-hmm. they surrender and get to that place of like, God, I just want you to lead my life, even if they don't really know him? Oh my gosh. I think you just actually answered the question. There's, there's, so I believe there's two ways in which we learn. Yeah. By the experience of other people or by that in which we experience. Yeah, okay? that's true. So you have a choice of surrendering your life. And if you surrender your life, you will go through a refining process, which is great. It won't feel necessarily great all the time, yeah. but the end result is very, very beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I say that to say that in the, in the grand scheme of things, that choice of, am I going to surrender of my own accord? Or in my case, you're going to be so stubborn, <laughs> so strong will that you refuse to listen, that you're going to be literally taking the lo- the legs tucked out from under you yep. so I can get your heart to a place I can pour into it. Yeah. You see, part of this human existence is there's a destiny, I believe, that's created inside of each one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, that destiny can be a variety of different things. It could be becoming the mother or the father of the future president of the United States that we all actually like. Yeah, right. Yeah. It could be like it could be a, a musician that changes the, the world through a harp. Right. Sure, it could be, sure. um, gosh, a business owner. But there's there's all these different levels. It doesn't have to be big and gargantuan and whatever. Yeah, for sure. Some people were called to serve at scale. Yep. But you'll find that the people that were called to serve at scale, um, once they were forced to humble, that that was the only time they've ever had to do it. So um, T.D. Jake says there's new levels and new devils. Yeah. Um, I've gone through at least four humblings that I'm aware of at yep. different levels since the, since the litter box moment. In the old yep, yep. Um, I asked God politely last time I said, Lord, I hope that's the last one. I feel like I'm in a good place. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but I, at the same Do time, I trust him enough yeah. that if he decides to humble me again yeah. for whatever reason, or he's got trying to get something out of me or he's trying to prune me, it's only because he's trying to grow me. He doesn't prune stuff. He's not trying to grow mm. and by accepting that. When I face adversity, I see it as a lesson to be used rather than something to be avoided or whatever. So circle all that back to the place of your heart is this heart, meaning your soul, your consciousness, your, your resonance, your soul um, has really a choice. I either choose God in faith or I choose not God in faith. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. If you choose God in faith, no matter what happens to you or through you or around you or whatever, it's going to work out. Okay. If you avoid God altogether and you try to go through that same thing, you're going to find yourself empty, depleted, discouraged, and doubtful. Okay. That is the essence of faith. So I would say rather than being forced to humble yourself, do exactly what you first said when you first asked the question, which is, Lord, I don't, I don't know if this is the right thing. I don't know. Just be honest. Yeah, it's good. Like the God knows your heart already. Yeah. Like he, for some reason he does like it when we realize it and we have enough <laughs> self-awareness to say, Hey, I know I'm a knucklehead. Yep. And he yep. says, it took you a while, kid. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know? But he also made me with all those tenacity pieces yeah. and stuff like that, right? So right. you mentioned that humble piece. So one of the things that I've been constantly doing in my prayer and meditation time specifically is I've been asking God to give me healthy masculinity. Hmm. Okay. Good. That's cool that um, I brought that up. Healthy masculinity means like I can go to war. This is the third time we've chatted, y'all, by the way. So this is good that he, I noted yeah. this and it's a part of his prayer life. Let's go. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like help make me healthy, wealthy, and yeah. wise, and a steward of the most high. I mean, it's that simple. Um, but at the same time, this healthy masculinity means if I need to pick up a shield and grab a sword and go to war, I can do it. But at the same time, if I'm with my loved ones and they need encouragement and compassion and mercy, and then I do that. 
the greatest living example of healthy masculinity was done by the name, man of the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. He would push Peter. He would, but he would, dude, come on now. Yeah. I didn't told you once. <laughs> right. But he would also, you know, Peter denies him three times. And Jesus yeah. says, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, to me, every man should be on a journey of healthy masculinity and every female should be on a journey for healthy femininity. Yeah. And as of that, you have healthy polarity, mm-hmm. right? Healthy polarity breeds wholeness. Yeah. Wholeness does things in the world. You can only get to those places by humbling yourself before you're forced to be humbled. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's like a really big political conversation. If you want to look at it through that lens, I'm like, man, Please you guys, That's not my heart. <laughs> but I, I understand that if, if people had this heart and understood the elements of what you're saying on like the truest true, like the depth mm-hmm. of it, a lot of the problems that we're facing and we're seeing from identity, identity issues is it wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. It really wouldn't. And yeah. so it goes back to conversations that we talked about at the beginning, which is that ego, that pride, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's beautiful. And something that I think if more men in the entre- and women, this is not just a, a, a men thing. I think sometimes women can get into the place of owning masculinity so much because they're trying to be heard or they're trying to be in, mm-hmm. in control or they're trying to be whatever that looks like, whether it's in marriage or business, um, that it's, if we embrace who we are and we mm-hmm. understand that because of whose we are, then we mm-hmm. operate in that sense of alignment and abundance where yep. it's, there's no competition even in that space it's more just celebrating one another yeah yeah you're it's it's eliminating the process of division because the reality is as human beings we go in and out of masculine and feminine energy all the time for sure males and females okay for sure so for example uh i'm in a season of healthy singleness the solitude it's it's chosen this is this is i take six eight months myself god what are you trying to do through me what do you want what do you want to work with me on and really open myself up to that i'm not saying that it I do that every day, meaning it's, it's like conscious, but it is something that I've tried to focus on. Yeah. I've realized that, um, take some of the most, um, call it, I'll call it powerful or authoritative women that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah. Um, especially in the workplace or building businesses or doing careers. They have yep. to go out and fill it, bring it home on their own accord. Okay. They're having to operate in what was considered more of a masculine energy specifically right. because it's the hunter gatherer warrior yep. type mentality. Yep. Um, I also know that in closeness and proximity with those same folks, that they would come back and say, I really don't like doing it like this. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> whereas um, a man operating healthy masculinity can go out and kill it and do all that kind of stuff. But when they come home, they want to take their armor off. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's, it's just getting to the place where everybody's operating a congruent alignment, but you can't find congruent alignment with people until you can find congruent alignment with self. Mm-hmm. And you can't get congruent alignment with self until you have the vertical integration consistently and continually, um, whether it's prayer, prayer, gratitude, walks, meditation, you have to have your process of connecting with God deeply at a very relational level. Um, I know that when I get to heaven, I do not want to have Jesus say, well, you know, I know you cast out demons and I know you did good stuff. I know you took care of things, but uh, I never knew you. Yep. Right. So I want to make sure that people stay in, 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 that, in contact with that relationship uh, more than that uh, spirit of religion and criticism and stuff yes. like that. Because Jesus also said that what you judge others will be held, you know, you'll be judged by the same measure. So yeah. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to be hurling spears at anybody. No, no, um, definitely not. Because I don't want people hurling spears at me. So. <laughs> 
so true. Well, and I think associated to like the brand that you've developed underneath your podcast and mm -hmm. even the location and the venue and all the things that we're going to get to do alongside founder of this idea of being unstoppable. You've mm -hmm. interviewed so many people in this place. And was your podcast directed out of an idea of trying to understand how other people are doing it or more so out of a place of like, I, well, it could be both. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to listen. Where, where did the word derive from and how has it served you as you've interviewed more people around it? Oh, the easy answer is the word unstoppable is different. So there's a lot of people using the term unstoppable nowadays. Yeah. All right. Different types of things. For me, unstoppable is not a word. It's a lifestyle. Okay. Um, someone who's operating in, in unstoppability had major adversity thrown at them and they chose to keep going anyway. Plain and simple. That goes back to King David. Yep. Got a guy trying to kill you. Yep. Got a guy trying to like rage you. You got a guy who's like, I don't, I just, again, you're, you're going to be made king or queen in the cave, not in out front. So yep. when I first created the Unstoppable show specifically, the idea was to not have to get so lost in my story all the time. Because as, as you know, as a, as a fellow, you, you tell the same stories over and over yep. again. You're like, okay, I'm like, uh, yeah, a thousand like, times, not me, not like, me. you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, it was a way of bringing insight and empowerment and influence from other like-minded people who had been through major adversity, mm -hmm. but have accomplished great things to date. But more importantly, all of these people share a certain level of humility in common, yeah. which was key to me. So that's kind of where I kind of created that unstoppable mentality because again, it's a lifestyle. The Someone who's trying to pursue an unstoppable life, um, they have a routine. They have um, things that they do in and every day. They so they're very intentional about who they partner with, associate with. They're very intentional about how they handle their finances. They're very intentional about how they raise their children, how they operate in a spousal marriage. They're they're just so, very intentional people. Yeah, yeah. Um, those that remain stuck more times than not, every time I dig into it, it's because they're not being intentional. They're not choosing to take a step towards financial freedom. They're not choosing to take a step towards building the business they've always wanted. They're not choosing to reconcile with their spouse. They're not yeah. choosing. Yeah. And you can't make everybody come to the table. You can only handle your own business, so to speak. But the reality is, is an unstoppable life is nothing more than a life that's consistently making progress, regardless of the circumstances in and around them. So for me, again, unstoppable is not a word. It is a lifestyle. Um, and if you look at all the different things that I've been through myself personally, I've, you know, yeah. been through homelessness. I found my mom's attempted suicide. I was the one that found her. Um, gosh, I've had, I've been through embezzlement. I've been through numerous business reversals. I've been through down economies, COVID 2008, yeah. um, divorce, yeah. like all of these different things, none that I would have chosen on my own to go through, sure. but all of them helped create the man that you, you have been so politely admiring yeah. about humbleness and whatever. Yeah. And it's because the crushing does that. Yeah. I'll never forget this for as long as I live. I had this um, lady that was kind of a prophetic voice in my life. Um, she was, I was, this is 2017. I'm coming in. I'm, I've been preparing for eight months for my first three-day live event called Transform You Live. The first time we were ever going to do it. And the night before, I have a team member from one of my other businesses reach out to me and proceed to tell me that my management team was going to try to take my business out from under me. Mm. Okay. And not only did they try to do that, they tried to go to the marketplace and slander me and say we were going bankrupt, which none of the, none of it was true. Yeah. Right. 
And in that moment, I was like, Lord, I don't, what did I, like, all I want to do is serve and help people. What the heck? Like kind of thing. And I'll never forget this. I had, I had a choice that night. Do I cancel the event? Do I refund all the tickets? What do I do? Um, I chose to go ahead and show up for the event, but I'll tell you about three minutes before we went lights, camera, action, um, this prophetic voice walked in to me and, and I see her immediately. And I'm, she's, she's um, an old African-American lady and or not, oh, she's not old, but she's an African-American lady with just a big heart for Jesus and the whole yeah. deal. And I looked at her and I was, and I just like started getting ready to start weeping. Yeah, of course. And she, and she sticks her hand up. She goes, oh no, honey. Oh no. <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, she's like, this is the cost of the calling. You can't get to where you're supposed to go without going through here. You have to go through here. So I challenge your audience to look at their own life. Look at the things that they're avoiding that they know they need to take care of and see if it's the cost of their calling. At any point in time, David could have given up being king in the cave, in the palace, after Bathsheba, whatever. But he chose to repent often. He chose to pursue excellence. He chose, now he had, obviously he had certain choices have consequences. Yeah, for sure. But he never let the consequences define him. Yeah, that's good. He let his relationship with God define him. So I say all that to say, what if the thing that you're afraid of, the thing that's standing in front of you, the thing that's like hold, you think is holding you back, it doesn't matter if it's a business related, it doesn't matter what your adversity is. What if your blessing, the thing that God created you to do is on the other side of that thing? Okay. What in, what if that is the cost of your calling? Okay. I'm telling you from personal experience, pay the price, Hmm. pay the price. I will tell you that in that moment in 2017, before I went through all the ramifications of the embezzlement and excuse me, suspected embezzlement, all that kind of stuff. I went to her house three months later, sitting in her um, study, if you will. And I was weeping. Yeah. And, and I said, you know, actually, let me, let me share this with you real fast. When I was on stage before that moment, I craved it. I wanted it. I want to be on stage. I want to be talking to, you know, 10,000 people, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And I'm telling you that out of transparency. Like, I straight up wanted it. Yeah. I wanted it to be a big deal, right? I didn't know at the time I wanted it to be a big deal because I wasn't a big deal to myself. Mm. Like I wanted other people to do that. Fast forward three months after that moment, I'm sitting down in her study and I'm like, if this is what it takes and this is what it costs, I don't want the stage. You can have it. You know what the lady said to me? Hmm. She said, great. Now you're ready. Now you're ready. Like you opened up all the stages with that mm-hmm. heart. But oh, now you've seen, you've seen what God, you've, we I have, have, I feel like we're only on the beginning of what God has done thus far. Yeah. And what I'm, and what I hope he's about to do. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I'm in the Moses in the cave moment. I'm coming yes. out of the cave. So it's so good. Well, and I mean, obviously even coming down from Mount Sinai with Moses, like the radiance. Right. And so mm-hmm. that was what I loved watching you, like in the shadows of what you were doing. And I didn't know that you were somebody who also is like backstage, side to stage, formulating the stage, build the stage and also is made for the <laughs> stage. And so it was really cool to learn and experience you that way versus having her join your show or, or met you when you were the speaker at a keynote of, of mm-hmm. any event. 
event because you've done all of those things. But I love that what you were actually being sharpened and shaped to do is create stages and experiences for all of these other people Mm -hmm. who are also in that place of unstoppability, if you will. Um, yep. And so that, that, it just ignites me. It inspires me. Uh, it also, it, you're speaking right to me in just a scenario that I'm walking through where I'm just like, you know, I, I kind of want to give up. Like there's moments mm-hmm. where I'm like, this is so overwhelming. And there's a thousand irons in the fire. And which one do I give up when I love all of mm-hmm. them? And, and which one do you give up when it's helping so many people? And what do you do when you just want to stay home and cuddle with your kids instead of go travel to speak on stages? And like all of the friction and the tension and the things mm-hmm. that happen um, alongside building a business and building a business that is a ministry. And so you're like literally just like deposit Tamara, <laughs> deposit Tamara. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The Lord told me this morning two things after I was spending time with him. He said, listen, and I, ha- I literally looked at my schedule this morning, starting at 7.30 to 6.30, I had back-to-back-to-back meetings, one of which you knew I had to extend mm-hmm. that meeting so I could jump right on here. So he said, listen, and then he also was asking me and prompting me the question, what if? And mm-hmm. so the fact that you just are like, what if this mm-hmm. is the cost of the calling? I mean, yeah. y'all, I love podcasting so that you guys can listen to it and all those things, but this one was for me. <laughs> so Aww. I appreciate you so much. And I want people to just hear the, the pressure. Like it comes from all sides, but really, that's how a diamond is formed, mm-hmm. right? The threshing yeah. floor, that is how the wheat is made. You have to go through the threshing floor for there ever to be the succulents of bread. And mm-hmm. so I forget that sometimes when you're the one in the receiving end of like, this actually <laughs> yeah. hurts, this sucks. Yeah. But there's so much beauty. Like my husband just called me right before we got on here and he's like, how are you? And he knew that I had a really hard morning and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm good. And he's like, how are you really? And I was like, I'm actually good. I'm like, I have mm-hmm. so, there's so many blessings. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the weeds in our yard and he said, yeah, but instead of pulling weeds, we took the kids to the water park this weekend. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing these things that like are minuscule and maybe the world thinks are important, you got to do this and spend this time and do these mm-hmm. things with at the side of your grandpa when he's passing away, right? Like there's just mm-hmm. 
blessings, yeah. but we have to be willing to take the beat to understand that those blessings are a part of what propels us into big, scary, hairy places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, look, going back to scripture, I don't know a single person in the Bible, not one yeah. um, that had a kingdom lifestyle without having to go through the mud to get to, get to the kingdom. Like I didn't, I don't, Adam, Noah, Jesus, yeah. Peter, John, Saul, Paul, like, yeah, yeah. Like true. if you want, if you want God to do something extraordinary through your life, I'm sorry, but there is a price to be paid and it never feels good going through it. But when you're on the other side of it, you're like, Oh no, I see yes. what you were doing. Oh my God. And you go in straight into worship. And you go, oh my yes, God. you're awesome. yes. Right. You know, it, so I'll say, I'll use this as a tool. One of the things yeah. that I have to do when I'm going through those moments yeah. is I have to remind myself the last time I was in that moment and then how God showed up. Yep. Right. Yep. And then how the out, like how the outcome took shape. I have yet to have something play out exactly how I thought it was going to play out good or bad. Yeah. It's never as bad as I think it's going to be. It's never as awesome as I think it's going to be. I take that back. Sometimes it's completely different than I thought it would be. And it's a whole lot more awesome more than what awesome. I thought. Yeah, for you sure. Plan? For so sure. It, that comes down to trust. Yeah. And as human beings, we have the hardest time trusting things we can't see. Yep. But Jesus told Thomas, yep. blessed are those who have faith, but you have not seen. You know what I'm yes. saying? It's like, yeah, it is. We know it. Yeah. We read it. Yeah. You know, we watch, we, we do the, we do yeah. the services. We do the music. We, we, we <laughs> do it, but we don't really do it. Yeah, it's true. You know, so let's do it. I love, well, and that's the unstoppability, right? Because when we mm -hmm. stop, all of those things end up creating its own cave. Like that's the mm -hmm. heartache and the heartbreak behind it is that we can get in those stuck places and you're just completely overwhelmed. So it's the one small act of kindness. It's the mm -hmm. one small step of gratitude. It's the one praise when you don't feel like praising. It's the mm -hmm. turn on the worship music instead of going and watching a movie or binge eating, right? Like mm -hmm. there are, we know and yet we don't always do. And so it's, that's where that understanding of being, like if we can be in the rest of who we are and know that we're loved backstage, mm -hmm. we're loved center stage, we're mm -hmm. loved in the back of the audience, we're loved when we're in the bathroom, like we're loved. Yeah. And to operate in that place like changes everything. It's just, I need more sticky notes. I have a lot, but I need sticky <laughs> notes <laughs> that yeah. remind me of those things or like the, I need notifications set on my phone that like pop up a reminder because it mm -hmm. can get, it can get sticky. And yeah, those are the times this, that people, like, a lot of people, what if, yeah, Noah, what if, let's go. What if Noah yeah. stopped building the boat? Yeah. We'd have, we'd have right? no remnant. We'd how, no remnant. How long did Noah wait from the time he was given the word or given the promise before it actually started raining? Lots and lots of years. Exactly. Lots so some visions, the bigger the vision, the longer it takes. Yeah. And God only wants somebody who will surrender to the process. Yeah. That's all he's looking for. That's so, an act of obedience of the heart that is, that is so counterproductive to being human. He knows it's an act of sacrifice as if we were sacrificing a lamb. I'm going to be selfish again. Y'all, you just, we can just turn the recording off because basically I'm getting a one-on-one -on -one coaching session from Steven Scoggins <laughs> right now. I want to be unstoppable, brother. And I feel that so often in the things that I get to show up and do. My question would be, you mentioned all of the people that you've had alongside you. You've mentioned the mm -hmm. friction of partnership. You've mentioned um, relational, marital struggle. Mm -hmm. um, through the relational dynamic of what you've done, what has been like a key component of keeping... Um, I won't even say 
of keeping people because that's not always the need. God doesn't always mm-hmm. need you to keep people. Um, but just keeping peace at how you are in relationship with people. Um, well, a couple come to the couple things come to mind. The first of which is, is I don't chase people. Yeah. If they decide or if, um, and the environment or just, yeah. you know, circumstances decide that they're not supposed to be part of my life. I wish them well. I bless them in Jesus name, but I'm like, I'm not going to chase you. Yeah. Um, early in my life, I used to chase people like it was going out of style. Mm-hmm. And the more I chased other people, the more damaged I became yeah. and the more empowered they became. Mm-hmm. So if someone's not healthy, it's okay. Um, most business owners don't understand this, but from the time you go from $1 to 10 million to 20 million to 50 million to 80 million to hundred million, you'll lose 98% of your team. It'll change that drastically because the people in your life have to be an equal pursuant of personal growth as you are or better. Yeah, that's good. Okay. If they're not, then time, that's where the reason season lifetime thing comes from. Yes. Somebody comes in they, and they give you a shot in the arm. Fantastic. A season is somebody who comes in for that season of time, but either you or they stop growing personally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lifetime only happens when everybody is growing in unison at together at the same time. So it's okay to be grateful for said person being in your life for a short time, for a mediocre, for a kind of moderate time. Um, and the reality is you never know truthfully whose lifetime until after your lifetime is over. It's true. It's you see true. what I'm saying? So yeah. rather than chase people, rather yeah. than, than set your own identity at risk and losing yourself and other people, um, I would just be gratitude. Like, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, relationships end for a reason. Yeah. Um, you, you, it's worth looking at yourself and like, okay, how did I contribute to this? Good. Um, without judgment or condemnation as a sense of learning. Um, but it's also not something you want to like point at them and pick at them and like beat up on them all the time. Um, because that's not going to help you in the long run. Yeah. You know, that's you. That is you throwing the first stone. Yeah, that's true. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so good. if you use that as a dynamic, then when someone wants to leave, you let them leave. Yeah. And then you invite with your love, with your grace, with your mercy, with your energy, with your soul, you invite in the next person who's supposed to play an active role in your life as you are supposed to play an active role in their life. That's why they're, that's why we have shipbuilders and car yeah. makers and Elon Musk building whatever he's building because yeah. he's creating something new every week. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we have those different types of personalities, those different types of people because no, no one on the planet should be equal to God. Yeah. Totally. So what God does is he sprinkles himself across a multitude of people and then he says, all right, you guys work together. Let's see how you yes. do. Thanks, God. Appreciate you. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's right. Oh, man. All right. So one final question, because we have so many people in my community who are authors, speakers. They want to make the stage. They want to make a stage and also be on the stage. Um, humility has a- already been such a huge thread to how and, and mm-hmm. what do you do? What are some other suggestions you would say to like make themselves in a place of not being known because they're known, but just like God making them known. How can they position themselves better to be in a place of impact at a larger scale? I think there's one specific thing that is a, is something I do before I head on stage every time. Yeah. And it's something that goes a byproduct of the experience I mentioned earlier. Um, in fact, if, if you know, during the Amberley's event, who were yeah. where you and I met, you would have, you would have not seen this cause I was behind the LED wall system. But I literally had the headset on and I almost dropped the headset while I was picking the brick up. Um, and you guys would have to come see the, see the footage to know what I'm talking about with the brick. But um, that being said, you have to remind yourself one, really one question. 
Is it what I want to say or is it what they need to hear? Hmm. Hmm. It's good. If it's about what you want to say, then it's about you. If it's about what they need to hear, then it's about them. And if it's, a what, if it's about them, then God will, value, God will amplify you over time. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't have great mission-driven messengers already out in the marketplace that haven't really made it yet or kind of like been discovered yet. Yeah. Um, for that, we actually have a program called Brand Amplifiers, um, brandamplifiers.com. Yep. Um, contact us. We can help you get all the footage using our stages and stuff like that that you need to market yourself as a speaker, as a thought leader. Um, but I would challenge every single speaker, anyone that has any aspirations of being on a stage, to focus on what the audience needs to hear and not what you have to say. The, the world is full of talking heads and talking voices. Um, hearts want to be spoken into, not onto. So good. Oh, my goodness. And that is, that'll change the way your entire message is delivered mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I can tell you, I know you almost know, as you're saying that I can think of the people who speak at me versus the people Mm -hmm. who speak for me and to me and like almost through me. That's what the ultimate Mm -hmm. goal would be is that like when the Lord speaks to me, he's trying to speak through me. Mm -hmm. And so if a speaker can learn how to do that with a message so that that person is now catalyzed and activated to change, Mm -hmm. to move, to become more healthy, whatever that message is. Man, I love, I love hearing it through that lens though. Steven, you've been such a gift. I want to know uh, before we go off, what's like the thing that is exciting you most? What's keeping you just like unstoppable in your own life right now? Uh, I think right now I'm most excited about a brand new program we're launching called Unstoppable Startup. Okay. Um, I've just, so the, they, they say an unstoppable, they say that businesses fail for a variety of reasons, but the top five are no capital, inability to market, bad leadership team, inability to have a product, good or service that the market actually wants. So product distribution. Um, And then then finally, the risk factor as in legalities, like protecting yourself, your legal entity, corporate veils and stuff like that. Um, All of that is technically true. However, I've discovered that there's actually three problems you have to solve that will build you on the momentum side. And it's actually not what you think. It's actually arrogance, impatience, and ignorance. Mm. Okay. Those are the three areas that God had to really work with mm. me on to build the businesses I built. All the other processes and systems and drivers and all these different things can be cultivated over time in a very healthy way. The healthier the way, the quicker the path. Mm. Okay. So if you're a great leader, you'll be able to put pieces together quicker than if you're not a great leader, which is why I've created Unstoppable Startup, where I help you know, five-figure entrepreneurs become eight-figure empires. That is Epic, you guys. If you have never heard of a good pitch, that was it. That was like so brilliant. Like, <laughs> well, I wasn't the- trying to pitch. I was trying to serve. <laughs> you are, but no, but I'm saying like I'm processing all of the different pieces of how I felt as you were sharing different things. And that is a service to be able mm-hmm. to receive and want something. Everyone wants to actually be um, to buy. Like, I yeah. really do believe that everyone wants to buy something. We buy things all day long, whether we want it or not. I'll go into mm-hmm. Target and I'm like, shoot. I didn't mean to go in to buy people, that so thing. Here's the thing is, I don't want people to buy because they feel. We okay. buy way too much based on emotion. That's good. I want you to say, does this make sense strategically? If you've never actually That's created good. a strategic vision, implemented the processes, hire the team. If, most entrepreneurs don't have a clue who to hire, how to hire. They say, okay, you're living, you're breathing. I need some, <laughs> I need some help. You can do this for me, right? <laughs> Yes. And that, and I've done that. And I've been so blessed by the people who have been on my team that have worked alongside me for so, so long, some for nothing, some for pennies, some for enough Mm -hmm. in what they were charged. But 
I've heard in my masterminds in the years past, like you cannot have players that are not like you just said, a players alongside you, or they're mm -hmm. actually leading you in their zone of genius. And yeah. I've, because I love people really well, mm -hmm. I like to nurture. I'll nurture, nurture, nurture all day long. And as I'm nurturing, I've put my eye off the ball because I'm helping them get the eye on theirs. Yeah. And so I love that, that, piece is so integrated into what you're doing because it's one of the number one questions that I get from startup entrepreneurs is, well, who should I hire first? And mm -hmm. everyone thinks they should hire their social media person first because it's the first thing that everything, everyone Because <laughs> I have to make everybody think I look good. It's terrible. I'm like, that's the last thing that you need. Like we need all these All right, so this is for free. I'm going to give right, you let's let's first go. hire, okay? Uh, chances are, if you started the company, you're the founder, the creator, the CEO, okay? <clears throat> the first hire you need is somebody called an integrator. You need somebody who balances your yin to your yang. Because if you're if you're in the in the sky, this could be this and this could be that, this could be yeah. that. This person is gonna say, Well, we're gonna need to hire this, we're gonna need to do this. Yeah. Like you need to have somebody who can take your idea and then drill it down into bite-sized activities yep. that then everyone can follow. So good. SOPs come out of integrators. I love integrators yep. for that reason. That's right. Steven, you've been such a gift. I cannot wait for FounderCon. It's going to be taking place at his incredible facility that is right in Raleigh, North Carolina, so close to home. So for everybody who's listening and you're questioning if you should be there, yes, get in your car, drive a couple hours. We're all going to be together. And if you are flying in, we can't wait to host you. It's going to be incredible. His venue is magnificent. We were supposed to do it in D.C. And after I went to Amberly's event, I was like, yeah, no, we're changing it. We're going here. <laughs> so we can't wait for everybody to be there in Garner, North Carolina. I keep saying it's Raleigh but that's where I'll be yeah, staying. Basically, Raleigh. basically the railroad tracks. So you mean, you know, cross one could do the other. But I love, it's so techie. It's so like uh, intentional. The virtual side is going to be epic. I just got to mm -hmm. see kind of a sneak peek of you building that out. So we can't wait to be there with you. And we appreciate the way that you serve, the way that you show up and you do so in excellence. And it's one of the reasons that you are unstoppable. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys big time. Appreciate you. Bye y'all. All right, well, that's a wrap for this show. I am so expectant to see you in the room. FounderCon 2023 is about to happen in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th. If you are not there, be square. Just kidding. If you are not there, I want to invite you to come to the virtual stage. We have truly designed a stage and experience, whether you're at home or in person, that is unlike anything I've ever been to. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm saying that because Christ truly has shaped this event, not only with the people and the speakers that are there, but with the construction of how we are sharing the word, the good news and developing your businesses intricately. If you are still on the fence about like, what does this look like? Why would I join? There is so much content on the website for you to be able to know what exactly we're going over. But I want you to know there's some of the things that you're going to learn and what you will be able to extract and take away. TEDx conversations. Do you want to be on a TEDx stage? Do you want to learn from a TEDx coach? Health integration. How does your physical body and your blood work even have to play into your story and endurance of the race in which you are on? 
e-commerce and brick and mortar stores. We're going to be speaking specifically into how to develop those from a product lens uh, and how to make those effective, especially if you're a content creator. There can be some additional revenue sources uh, that could really support your business. What about the five-fold ministry and the spiritual gift integration of truly igniting marketplace ministry and how you serve? Whether you have faith out front in your business or faith is what fuels you, either way is right if that's the way that the Lord has led you specifically. But how do you utilize this anointing and your gifts as an integration point to serve your community? Next, you're going to learn about marriages and how to develop a healthy marriage in the midst of entrepreneurship. Movements. How do you design a movement connected to the community build, connected to the words that are going to be across the nations? What does that look like? You're going to learn from movement makers themselves. Then we're also going to unpack ministry and what does it mean to be in ministry and what does the nonprofit world look like connected to ministry? We speak to businessry all day long at the FounderCon conference. And so this is really going to allow you to have fresh eyes on what does that actually mean? How do we operate as leaders in a business tree? We're going to be talking about meditation and mindset and have an intentional practice of how we show up to to a work every single day. And that work is an element of worship. And so how is work a posture of worship? You're going to hear from our worship team and other artists that are coming to the stage to unpack how do we show up in that authenticity for people every single day. Again, the publishing industry is obviously going to have a forethought here because I really believe on taking those messages to the masses. And a book is an amazing way to not only leave legacy, but to develop people, equip people, to disciple people in a really rich essence, even if you don't have direct access to them until they get your words in their hand. We're also going to talk and learn about the Christian Chamber of Commerce. You might not even know that this exists. Well, it is being developed right now, and the president of that organization is going to come and share about the importance of it and how it's actually developing and how you can potentially get involved as well in your local neighborhoods and communities. We're going to be talking about building global community as well as the importance of local community. So you hear from local, we're going to go global. We always do. We're going to be talking about uh, the lens of network marketing and MLM and how you could leverage that in your business because I do know that there are entrepreneurs that are doing this solely to help provide for their family and it is amazing what happens when you can utilize and leverage as an entrepreneur what it looks like to exist in the marketplace. Additionally, understanding that it could just be an arm piece to what it is that you do. This is an essence of affiliate marketing. Also understanding that there might be a place where you feel like that network marketing is running a little bit dry or that you're not able to use and infuse your faith or gifting as much as you'd like. And so you're trying to develop something on the side until that becomes the full-time thing and you can drop that. I've got to serve a lot of audience and community members who this is their story. It's been amazing to watch them leverage that marketing and pull it into what God has called them to do in this new season. We're going to talk about mental health unlocks. We're going to talk about leadership. We're also going to talk about money. I mentioned money when Kristen, you got to hear from her earlier, but Kristen is a wealth guru, right? And so how can we scale to six figures, seven figures and beyond? We as Christians, if we serve a rich daddy, we have that inheritance right. We have that birthright to manage it, but we have to understand how are we stewarding it? How are we managing it? Is our money working for us or are we burying our talents? So 
Whew, that was a mouthful. There's still so much that I didn't tap into with the different genres of panels that we're gonna have and the individual speakers that are coming to teach and train in person as well as virtually. As I said, there will be round tables and experts and workshops happening. And for the virtual people, while you might not get to have that direct access with these speakers, we are bringing some incredible virtual hosts who will be training you, developing you, and pouring into you during that time. So you will be served in a whole different capacity than the people in person, and yet you'll still have access to all of this in-person richness too. So this is not your average conference. This is not a stage to motivate you. We know you are motivated. It is not a stage filled with testimonies and storytelling, though I love both of those things, and you might hear bits and pieces here and there. This is a training ground. This is an equipping zone. This is discipleship in action, and it is applicable and attainable for you to be in the room right now. Revival is now. Marketplace ministry revival is now. So let's clarify your next move and get you founded in him. And if you're not yet, or you are already, and you're like, I got that part, let's talk about the remaining, the abiding, and the critical need of consistent momentum towards the call. We love you. We're inviting you in. Go to www.thefoundercon.com and get your tickets today. You will not be sorry. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us and this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network, which is obviously why we got connected and are so grateful to be a part of the community. They have shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Some of mine that I listen to on a regular basis are on Life Audio. Even some of our community members who have been a part of the Fit and Faith team through our coaching or different organizations, they're there too. So I definitely want to drive you over there, check it out. And thanks again, Life Audio for being you. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.